listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. We are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. Before us, the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us, or you are with the terrorists. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Podcasting to you from Edmond, Oklahoma, where I am not going to go to a Palestine demonstration tomorrow or an Israeli demonstration tomorrow. I'm one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And podcasting from Piedmont, Oklahoma, where I'm happy to be in Oklahoma all day today for the only day so far this week. I'm Andrew Hoffman. Yeah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Uh, two weeks since we've done a show. Uh, speaking of Oklahoma, your other state of home, uh, not <laughs> Oregon, but Kansas, yeah. decided to beat us in college football, followed by our own in-state rival. Tough, tough, tough weeks, but uh, we're happy to have you back here in the great state of Oklahoma and to be doing a show. I'm happy to be here, enjoying the last day of summer before the seventh day of winter. <laughs> People are like, checks watch, November 8th. Hmm, what is he talking about? It's almost like 74 degrees today. Yeah, it was almost 90 the day before. It was like, yeah. what, the, what in the world's going on here? So I'm not complaining. I love it. It's uh, a, f- a break from where we were in the in the Northwest. So, Indeed. Yes, sir. So last week, the show that wasn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hadn't, you know, I hadn't fully prepped for it or anything, but sure. uh, there we was... We can totally blame it on you, but I wasn't feeling it either. I had some some complications in my day, and it just wasn't... I wasn't feeling 100%, and then you were like, I got a scheduling issue. We're like, no show, no show. So, we can blame you, but I don't know if I would have been there either. So well, It's a good thing. It's a good thing we pulled through today, because it... Would not be happening tomorrow. I'll be in Kansas again tomorrow. So there it is. So you're so you KU fan or KSU? Like, <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's where I've I got mean, it. It's where one you pay of, most of your sales tax. So one of the uh, one of the shirts I wear for work is like Kansas blue. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't think about that when I got it. Mm-hmm. And so when I wear it when I go to Kansas, I'm like, oh, I hope it's not a Kansas yeah, State fan. Yeah. 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 And they, I think I might be wrong. I, 
I, I just, I watch football, so I generally think Kansas State is bigger, but I don't even know if that's true. Like a a bigger fan base or? A bigger- uh, yes, bigger fan base and bigger college, but it's probably it's not. Possible. It's probably not. It's probably, probably both the same. So I was, but, I was fascinated to find that Kansas University had a football team and then to my dismay, we lost to them. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's been a rough couple weeks for Oklahoma football there. Yeah. <laughs> First, one of the Oklahoma footballs. So, so last week, pi in the end zone. What? What? You know, be, the it's you know comparable um, audience sizes. I'm sure I haven't looked at our numbers, but uh, us and Joe Rogan. So, you know, yeah, most of you, uh, all the Revelations Radio News people have already heard of Ben Bendizal. That's right. Or, or the way Joe Rogan. <laughs> I love Joe Rogan's like, like. I'm just going to say this word like this is just randomly thrown in front of me. Like I have no idea what this is. <laughs> this, is this is a difference between the two of us. I think yeah. the, he, he, I think he's a perpetual stoner. That's always learning something. And you're like, it's all an act. He's just sitting there. Like he knows about, and he lets people do like, like Alex Jones. He was like, what Alex, you're serious about this. <laughs> so listen to this clip and tell me he's not, I th- it's, uh, on this one, I think, I think, I think it is. It's a little bit. because, because you know, I mean, there's an obvious reason for it, yeah. right? Like it, when he gets heat for this, like he did with the horse paste, he'll be like, "What are you talking about? I'm just asking. I'm just asking for someone sent me the article, scientific article. I'm just trying to read it. I can't even pronounce this stuff. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. I, you know, so anyway, I thought this was good. And this has, uh, it's been making the rounds yeah. and then residual, like, because Joe Rogan talked about it, lots of other podcasts and alt media have been talking about it. So. Overlooked miracle drug for cancer. Why big pharma fears fenbesdazole. At least 12 anti-cancer mechanisms of action, nine research papers reviewed. So I think this stuff is supposed to be low cost. And this is some of the speculation, the conspiracy theory about like why people are afraid of it. Hmm. Well, I hope that, I hope that Flint is aware of this uh, and that it helps him to recover from his his counsel. That's 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 very good to know. I hope he's interested in even just examining it. Oh, I think I think he will be. I hope so. But there's uh, been some reaction to this. I just found out about this a couple of days ago. Yeah. So these research papers, Fen, go stop right there, there, has at least 12 proven anti-cancer mechanisms in vitro and in vivo. Mm -hmm. It disrupts uh, microtubulate polymerization, major mechanism, induces cell cycle, whatever that means, arrest, uh, blocks glucose transport and impairs glucose utilization by cancer cells, increases P3, P53 tumor suppressor level, reduces glucose activation for cancer cells and or parasites that eat glucose <laughs> that eat eat the sugar yeah yeah, yeah. also uh, when he says I just found out about this a couple of days ago according to Andrew 
<laughs> it lies. Okay, just check. <laughs> lies. Just check. Inhibits, uh, inhibits cancer cell viability, inhibits cancer cell migration and invasion, induces uh, apop- apoptosis, induces autography, uh, induces... They're trying to get me with all these words. <laughs> Prio, prioptosis and necrosis. Uh, induces differentiation and senescence, inhibits tuner angiogenesis, reduces colony form formation and inhibits stemness in cancer cells, inhibits drug resistance and sensitizes cells to conventional chemo as well as radiation therapy. Interesting. And Sensitizes cells to chemotherapy. A very similar drug in the same family is a, already been approved by the FDA. And that is uh, mebendazole, <coughs> uh, and it is in several uh, several clinical trials right now for brain cancers and colon cancers. Mm-hmm. So why are no fenbendazole clinical trials for cancer? The answer seems rather obvious. Rather obvious. <laughs> it's very cheap. It's safe, and it seems to it's be effective. effective. Yeah. Very effective. Exactly. Interesting. Big pharma, big pharma don't see a margin in it. <sighs> I want. I mean, if that, uh, who knows? But if that is the case, I mean, what an enemy of the people. They're preventing information and preventing people from using things. Yeah, well, we've we've created a society that seems to be designed to make us sick, and then big pharma steps in with so-called remedies for it, which happen to make some people a lot of money. He. Uh so kind of listening to it with your ears there, your, your thoughts, mm-hmm. still, still angry about the, the Avermectin thing, isn't he? Oh yeah. 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 It's still, yeah. That's still, probably why he's willing to yeah. talk about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's going to do it in his own way, but yeah, he, sh- he should be. I mean, it's messed up. <laughs> it it <laughs> I, was. That should have been, and I'm sure it was a wake up to him. Like, no, there. This is not a honest misunderstanding. Like these people are liars. They changed the color of his skin. I mean, they changed the color <laughs> of his skin in the picture, the still shot for the, the thumbnail for the video. So uh, interesting that you bring this uh, because before we get off on the fenbendazole, I also my only clip and it's a long one is a Joe Rogan clip, um, and I want to let me see if I can find this just real quick. I had this open a second ago. Do, 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 do. So uh, Joe Rogan a couple of months ago had out ha- had um, Hulk Hogan on, and a few months before that he had Ric Flair on. Now I loved wrestling when I was a kid. It was heartbreaking for me to find out it was fake, but when I was about my son's age, six seven years old, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, and I, I watched a lot of wrestling, so I've introduced my son to it, but, uh, just like Santa Claus, I never told him it was real. I just told him, Hey, this is, this is what it is. And he still loves it. Like, so there is something kind of magical about, you know, wrestling and all the overacting and the strange fighting and stuff. But, uh, so anyway, I went back, I've I've been listening, I listened to the Ric Flair interview on Joe Rogan. And I also listened to Hulk Hogan on Joe Rogan. I check in on Joe Rogan when it's like a, a guest that I like or I hear about it. And I'm like, oh, that would be interesting. Let me check in. I'm not a, a regular listener or whatever. So I go back. I'm like, man, I listen to Ric Flair. I'm going to check out Hulk Hogan's. And there's something going on on the Joe Rogan podcast. And the number one comment, I pulled this video down from YouTube 
uh, explains it perfectly. Uh, but the number one comment on this video is, and this is a video by Rosalind KD, who's a Christian gentleman, but he says, Joe Rogan has been getting hit by the gospel like once a week at this point. The Lord is very clearly displaying himself to Joe and his viewers. And I gotta, I gotta say that is exactly how I feel. Adam Curry opened the floodgates, but it seems like every time someone's on, they're talking about the gospel. I mean, so you had Adam Curry, then you had the redheaded, uh, the, the guy, the West West Virginia guy, uh, selling my soul, working all day. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He talked about the gospel. And now you got Hulk Hogan talking about the gospel. So anyway, I'm doing a little bit of research for the show here. I'm poking around. Let me find Hulk Hogan. Let me find you know Joe Rogan because of course it's on Spotify. It's not easy to just pull the MP3 down. And so as I'm looking around, I find the video that I should have made because. He actually kind of deconstructs this in a way that uh, I fully agree with. This dude, I guess, is a Christian dude. Uh, I I love the way he kind of comes at this deal. Uh, and go ahead. It's that's uh, the Ruslan KD guy. Yeah, I think we've played we've played clips from him. Before. I believe so too. Nice, good Christian dude. Uh, I really like the way he came at this. Uh, he did not edit the uh, curse words out, so Andrew, you and I will hear them. I will edit them out in in post. So, uh, of course, it's Joe Rogan. So there's a couple couple curse words, but it, it's not too distracting. Uh, let's let's get into this video. I don't know. I may have to edit out some sort of weird intro here. Hold on. Bruce Line. Joe Rogan has had a plethora of self-professed Christians on the podcast lately. We've been covering it. I'm not sure if this is intentional or not. I don't know if something's happening inside of Rogan's heart or not, but he just had on Hulk Hogan. Yes, the Hulkamaniac himself, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, in a John 316 t-shirt with all the glory of what made Hulk Hogan Hulk Hogan, he started to share his faith. And I wanted you guys to check this out because there's some really interesting and profound parts in here. There's even some Bible verses shared. And there's some parts in here where I, I don't fully agree with Hulk Hogan. I'm going to save the part I don't agree with him until the very end. This is at the two hour and 14 minute mark. I got to give you guys a heads up. Had your kids, had your wife. Explicit, explicit, explicit. Mick Jagger's Biden's age and he has two trailers that he brings everywhere he goes that are just exercise equipment. Wow. This guy trains every day. He that's trains crazy. every day. And that's that's how you can still move around like that when you're 80. He's up there dancing. I like that. Uh, by the way, the way, the way Hulk Hogan goes into talking about Jesus is from Joe Rogan talking about Mick Jagger moving around and dancing like this. Like, this is the, the most interesting segue ever. <laughs> he got the moves, Mick Jagger, to let me let me tell you about my faith, brother. I don't want you to be mean, but Bible thumper, but let me tell you about my faith. Yeah. Shit and singing and putting on this amazing show at 80 years old. Yeah, but I, I think a lot of it's mindset, too, you know, because not... Look at the 316. Devotional team belief. This man... Looks like the quintessential 70-year-old Christian avatar. You know, the guy that's been around the block a bit, but now he's in a biker biker gang for Jesus. They got the, they got the patches on their vests. <laughs> they, they wear the, the big boots and the jeans with the, big, with the big belt buckles and random 
leather things on their arms. <laughs> That's what this guy looks like, man. It, it's, it is so funny. If you've never met a guy like this, especially with the sunglasses on top of his bandana, this is where Rolo Tomasi got the bandana from, isn't it? All right, let, let's get back into it's it. It's a Bible thump you to death, bro, but I keep I keep one foot okay. in each, each zone, man. I keep so let me put know, this human. But done this amazing show at 80 fucking years old. Yeah, but I, I think a lot of it's mindset too, you know, because not to buy. So he says, not to Bible thump you. Bible thump you to death, bro. But I keep, when stuff goes down or this goes down or things go wrong in my life, I deal with it, you know, as efficiently as I can. I, then I bracket it and I go back to center, you know. And I've got this crazy relationship with God, brother. And I've got this crazy relationship spiritually with who I am and, and why I'm here. And so all that takes present over all the noise. Mm. You know, the border and this and the criminals and the crooks mm -hmm. and the government. And I, and I, 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 so he's saying that, this is interesting. Okay, so he's saying that his relationship with God keeps him anchored and cuts out all the noise and all the drama happening in the world. He's talking about politics. He's talking about the government. He's talking about all these other things. That's a, that's a pretty good paradigm to have, that, that, that you're so solid with Jesus that everything else just becomes white noise and you're not even paying attention to it. I listen to it, and I kind of I am really, really aware of what's going on, but then I go back to center. You yeah. know, I go back to center because I've got a whole bunch of opinions about certain things. Hmm. And at the end of the day, my most important thing is to know what my number one priority is and stay centered and stay as close to God as I can. So that's why I look at things really positively. You know, and I, and bro, come on, my girl out there has corrected me so many times. I'm not trying to, you know, say anything weird or anything, but there's so many times where I can go the wrong way quick. And it, when I go one way quick, I'm all in, you know, so I got to be careful. Mm -hmm. So if I start deviating a little bit, you know, there's certain people that can talk to me. Okay, well, it's not that bad. Or this, just think about the big picture. So. so you know these guys in the cartel? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, what I'm trying to yeah. say is all the stuff we've talked about. Yeah. When I look at everything around me, I go back to where I'm at. I'm going, man, life is good, brother. I think this, this is a very important thing for people to hear because there's a lot of people that dismiss religion um, because they think they're too smart for it. I think there's a, there's a great value in being connected to whatever you believe. There's a great value in religion and being connected. And what, what, but, you know, the whatever you believe. What should we say? In Jesus. If you believe in God, if you be believe in Allah, if you believe in whatever, whatever mm -hmm. you believe. There's a great value to believe that there's a higher power and that there are, like, there's good ways to live life. There's a, there's a correct way to live life. And it does bring you more peace. And it can, it does really work. It's better than that, man. It's better than just, it's better than just belief in belief. It's belief in something that's everlasting and transformative. And so for a guy like you to say that, I think is it's important for people to hear because I think when I was younger, I, I always dismissed religion too, because I kind of dismissed it as stories that were written by people, mm. but that's not dismissing God and the idea of God. It's like, we don't know what is going on mm. in this bizarre life wow. that we live. So he's not dismissing God. He's just dismissing, or he has in the past dismissed some of the stories from the Bible, maybe that he struggles with as, as being true. But I do know that a lot of people that I know that are very happy and grounded and centered are also religious. A lot of people. I don't think it's a factor that anyone should discount. And um, the people are very smug about it. You know, they're too smart for that. You're not going to mm. trick me. You mm. know, when did you, uh, were you always religious or when did you a start great becoming religious? Well, you know, I kind of like would go to a Southern Baptist church when I was a kid because my mom and dad took me to church one time there. 
and I was hooked. Hmm. My parents only went once with me, but it was close enough to my house. Where, you know, Fascinating that he said his parents took him to church one time, and he just started going there, started going there as a kid. Wow. I would go there to Ballast Point Baptist, so I was raised in a Southern Baptist church. And then when I started playing in a rock and roll band, when I kind of like got in junior high and stuff, I kind of like wasn't going to church at all. Mm. And a couple buddies of mine who became ministers, they were twin brothers. I said the devil was talking to you, and Hulk just completely ignores him and just keeps going. <laughs> it was Ron and Don Satterwhite. They um, asked me to come to uh, Hank Lindstrom's youth ranch because all the kids were there. It was like a, a Bible study thing and Bible bros hmm. and all that stuff. And they would all sing, but they didn't have anybody to play guitar. So they knew I played guitar. So I went there and I played all this, the you know three chord progressions for the little Christian songs and stuff. Right. Hulk Hogan was on the worship team. Hulk Hogan was. I mean, it's before Hillsong, but this is he had to have been singing all the Jesus songs. Hulk Hogan. Could you imagine young Hulk Hogan on stage leading worship or or just playing in a worship band? Wow. I wonder how intentional he was about wearing that shirt on Rogan, by the way. I love the John 316 devotional team. <laughs> it's like Supreme Team. Supreme Team with the devotional team. I love it. And then this this minister, Hank Lindstrom, hit me hard with the John 316. You know, Gosh, I pointed it to the show. So that have been intentional. So he says he gets hit hard with the John 316. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believe, you know, that he gave his son will not perish but have everlasting life. Is that the first time in JRE history, did that Bible verse or any Bible verse about the gospel has been read? Is that the first time that, that someone said, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life? That's, that's pretty amazing if you think about it. And I accepted Christ as my Savior when I was 14, but then I derailed, mm. you know, kept playing music and rock and roll bands and got way away from my faith. And then as the years went by, you know, I started seeing how things went and it's got me to the point now where I'm locked back in. I'm locked and loaded, you know, after all the life experiences and, you know, seeing how people live and mm. what money does to people, mm. you know, and, you know, okay, money makes it easier, but it's not the live and die all situation that some people mm. say it is, you know. That's good. And it's just that that relationship I have, not so much with religion, but with my Lord and Savior is what I function on. You know? When did you, this, was this a gradual transition to coming back to your faith or was it? Was yeah, it, it was, it was. And the thing was that Hulk Hogan character kind of pushed me in that direction. Because hmm. that crazy character, that Hulk Hogan character that was all the way up here, forget the Americana, forget the blonde hair, forget Venice Beach, California, forget the tan. It was the three demands of the training, the prayers and the vitamins. Bro, I'm captivated, captivated by that left bicep of yours. <laughs> He's captivated by the left bicep. Hogan, Hogan's trying to share his heart with him and how he how he came back to the faith. And, and Rogan's like, man, but the left bicep. <laughs> Who's size of these oh. fuckers? Still see his hands? 70. See Listen, give me a gun. Give me that left gun. Left? Let me see. Oh, come on, man. I'm all out of gas. Look at this, dude. Just just look at the size of his Jesus Christ. The mother He was trying to tell you about Jesus, Rogan. Gosh darn it. Oh, my, tri my triceps are still huge. Hold on, Let's get your tricep back here. Hold on. He's got to pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh, yeah look at the size of that thing yep that's like a like a rabbit burrowing under your arm <laughs> i forget what i'm saying man you sorry me. sorry you look amazing what was oh the character hulk hogan yes. the training the prayers and vitamins it took the man terry bolea and started bringing me up because all of a sudden i hit on this character train say your prayers and your vitamins believe in yourself the four demandments brother to be a hulkamaniac I hit with all that stuff. Huh. Right. I was out running around drinking, smoking weed, doing Yahoo, going crazy, running wild with my boys. 
And all of a sudden, huh. all these Make-A-Wish kids want to come see me. Life began to imitate art. He played a character that had specific values on WWE, and those values started to make him a better person and think about these things in a different way. This is so fascinating if you think about it, right? Like, if you act, if you act long enough and you do the things, if you behave the way long enough and you do the things long enough, all of a sudden, the behaviors start to change you. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Fake character of the training person by them started making me a better person. And I kind of realized that kind of really, really worked. And then um, I bottomed out, you know. He bottomed out. So he probably, it sounds like he's saying he hit rock bottom. That's what it sounds like he's getting at. If I had to take a wild guess, which I remember he had a reality TV show and I remember he went through some stuff, man. And it was, it was pretty rough. That entire uh, backstory of everything that he was going through. It was, that was, a, that was a rough time watching him kind of, you know, unravel um, and, and go through that messy divorce and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's kind of what he's, what he's meaning by bottoming out. Uh, I think he even mentions it. I think he says that. Oh. Or, or he says something about his first wife. With my first marriage. Yeah. Um, there was a situation where I get to this. I, I was the person that thought when you do this contract under God, for better or worse, till death was part, I thought you're supposed to be serious about that. You know, so I, I used to brag. I'm the only world champion that was never divorced. I used to brag about it. Flair's been mm. married 29 times. All my boys have been married 29 <laughs> times. Everybody's been married 29 times. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden, when I went through this divorce and I really bottomed out, you know, it was a tough one. And then my wife split with a younger younger man. It was uh, yeah. It was a little rough on me. And then I started searching. I told you guys as a part of it, I disagree with, okay? And so here is where I think he takes a turn. And a lot of folks go through this where they'll go down this path, they'll hit rock bottom, and then they ultimately kind of find their way to Jesus, but then backdoor a lot of other things, right? And so... um here is Hogan, and this is where I would disagree with Hulk Hogan on this specifically. Okay. You know, it was a tough one. And then my wife split with a younger, younger man. It was uh it was a little rough on me, and then I started searching. I started searching. And I watched that movie The Secret. And so here is where I go, ah, this was going so well. This was going some so well. He goes from Jesus. An encounter, placing his faith in Jesus, John 3.16. And then he tells us about the secret. Now, if you don't know what the secret is, I'll pin my video with a uh, with John Clash, where he talks about how the new age is spiritual opioids and how uh, how not helpful the new age and the secret is. And a lot of professing Christians, unfortunately end up sliding into this buffet-style Christianity, right? The New Age, the secret, the manifestations, all these things. And the, the, the tricky part with all that is, is it's just such a categorical error on the value of changing your mind and living a different way, but yet they think there's something about the intent and the thoughts having magic in and of themselves. Who what a turn this this took, didn't it? <laughs> Ten thousand times, okay. And then I saw what the law of attraction was. It was a natural law. 
that not. not only does science say it works, no, it doesn't, and the Bible says it works. No, the rich it get doesn't. Richer the poor get poorer. We're talking no. about relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about money. We're talking about health. We're talking about everything. You know, you attract what you think. Everything comes with the heart. Your tongue speaks what the mind's thinking. So here's the, here's the distinction. I'll make this very brief because I don't want to go into it. But you really should go watch them. Go back and watch my video with John Clash. So Proverbs, there's other scriptures that talk about the things you think are going to uh, impact you to certain degrees, right? What law of attraction and the and the small um the small distinction that's that's off in the law of attraction that 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 like has enough there for it to kind of make sense, but it doesn't. The law of attraction thinks that your thoughts are things, your words create your worlds, and your feelings have vibrations, and you could ultimately attract things with your intentionality and desires. The reality is that what you think about the world will determine how you feel, and how you feel will usually determine how you act. And the action is the part that is important for a lot of what we're doing on this on this world, right? But it's not magical. It's not it's not spooky in that sense. It's the practical side of thinking to feel and then feeling to act, right? Instead of thinking that there's something powerful or magical about that. It's, it, it's not that. And so this this small distinction in it is what corrupts it. And so like should you be more positive? Sure, more positive people are more Fun to be around. Should you uh, be more affirming and encouraging with your words? Yeah. Should do those things magically make you create more opportunities for them? No, because I know people, and I'm sure you do too, that are the most positive and think the biggest thoughts and got the, the, the greatest vision board with the most amount of details, but none of that actually does anything for them and they continue to stay in a feedback loop because the difference is that there's action that's required to make the changes. And so it's 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 this small, subtle distinction that I think people get get confused. And it could be really harmful to to believe this stuff. And so the difference with, with a Hulk Hogan or other people is that the difference with them is that usually they have the actions to back up the desires and the thoughts that they're trying to change about themselves. Right? They don't have the, the meaning they're already high performance type of people. So for them, they naturally slide in, slide into it. But the, the 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 issue is for most people who aren't high performers to believe this stuff is to basically believe that you are God and that you are one with the universe. And this is where you get into Eckhart Tolle and all that kind of stuff, right? You get into that sort of stuff. Like the universe is, you, you are one with the universe and the universe is God and therefore you are God. You get into that sort of stuff. High performance people are naturally going to be more likely to do the things to get them the results. It's just they start categorically putting the importance of their thoughts in a different level of priority and thinking that they're somehow divine and they're somehow uh, woo-woo. And they're not. You're, 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 you could think the wrong thoughts and do the right actions, by the way, because <laughs> that's true. And you could have the best thoughts and have the best intent and do the wrong actions. Right, so you could do it either way. You could have bad thoughts, wrong actions, great thoughts, right actions, and it's going to create different sorts of results. And so, anyway, we, me, and and John Clash went really deep on this stuff. It's very prevalent in Christian circles, so it does not surprise me at all that Hulk Hogan 
uh, slid into this stuff. Um, I still appreciate that, that you know, he, he rocked the John 316 and shared a Bible verse with Joe Rogan. I still appreciate that. But I think his conclusions on that isn't what led him to, um, isn't what led him to Jesus. It's just something that he probably dabbled in and, and, and maybe somehow thought it was helpful to whatever extent, right? Anyway, thank you everybody for bearing with me. That's a pretty super long clip, but man, it had everything in it. It had pro wrestling, it had a call to the gospel, and then uh, out of nowhere, off the top rope, Hulk Hogan comes in with the secret. I was like, oh no, what is <laughs> yeah. going on? That yeah, was good analysis from... And it was great analysis. As soon yeah. as I heard that, I'm like, man, I got to play this whole thing because this is exactly how I felt. I mean, it, I went I went to go cut this up to make the clip like he already did and he had sound effects and it was better produced. So I just, I played the whole thing. But, you know, do I think, do I still think that Hogan is a Christian? Absolutely. That dude, he really did his best like altar call for everybody right there. Just sharing how it is for him and how it changed him. And I think it's a great way to kind of uh, put it is he you know, people make the mistakes and it's, I cut it off right there. He goes, the one more thing he says that I thought was super insightful was he says, so Rogan comes back and he's like, well, yeah, you know, it's like kind of like, I don't know if it's the law of attraction, but I know that this sort of stuff does happen. And he stops it and he's like, he's like, but it doesn't happen for, you know, and it could happen for everybody and Ruslan or whatever. He stops it and he's like, yeah, but they probably don't have the work ethic of Joe Rogan and Hulk Hogan, right? Like, it's not, you know what I mean? Like, you have to have the action behind it. He's like, you guys are just, like, pontificating, but you have amazing work ethic, like, both of you. You know, Hogan is out there killing his body for 50 years. I mean, he's always been working. So, of course, the guy can make things happen. He starts thinking about, you know, what he's going to do, and he can make it happen. I don't know. I thought, it was. I've never heard this secret, this, the subtlety of the secret uh, put so well, the heresy of the secret put so well that like, it's not that the thoughts are magical and they're going to take you in this direction. It's that you, your thoughts put you in a better position to make the decisions and actions that are going to change things. Right. It's, it's proved by science. No, it isn't. (laughs) It's in the Bible. No, it isn't. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but 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 I love him, man. I love him. I love him that he got on national. That he got on this. You know, it's basically his biggest shot right now. Hogan, nobody's gonna talk think about Hogan again for a long time. But he got in front of however many million people, and just did his best. Did his best altar call and said, "This is what's worked for me." Who knew, man? Who knew the guy went to? Who goes to a Baptist church by yourself as a kid? I mean, he just he led quite an amazing yeah, life, man. I mean, yeah. it's and you just you just never know, man. And people, it's. Uh, it's wild the 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 seed of the gospel gets in there, and you just never know what's what it, what's you know where somebody is or what they're up to. You know, you can never judge a person. You start looking at Hulk Hogan. I'm sure if we would have seen him during his partying days, they'd be like, "Oh no, this guy's he's beyond repair. He's nuts." But no, no, right. the seed of the gospel was in there the whole time. It also ties into the Chris White kind of losing your uh, yeah losing your yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking about it in relation to that too. Yeah, and it's. I think it's important not to lose the fact that, you know, whether, okay, if he had died at this moment, does he go to heaven or hell? Not my, not my call, but. Right. But the, but man, look at the, look at God's grace and giving him all those opportunities to come back. Yeah. And then he, 
you know, he, and even still, he's it's not like his theology is all that great. He's he's touting the secret and right. whatever, but it's but you can tell it is authentic with him, and it's and that God's still working on him, yeah. and hopefully, in you know, five years he'll be in a more mature place and like, hey, can you believe I actually used to like the secret, you know? Right. No, I hope, I hope, but, you're, uh, I hope you're right too. And, and then back to kind of what I was talking about when I very first started it, this is, you know, there's like six things later. There was just so much in that clip, but the thing I was first time, I was like, man, people are getting the gospel on Joe Rogan right now. I don't know what it is. Like Adam Curry kicked it off, but people are coming on there. Like, cause he's so uh, engaging and he lets people kind of go where they want to go and what's important to them. He's so good at that. It's like, right. Hey, when it comes down to it and he, I don't know if he said at the beginning or the end of that clip. And I don't remember if I had put it in, but he talked about, I think it's at the end where he's like, I know so many people who have such a, you know, relationship with God and they think it's so important and no, that was in there. Oh, that was in there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's, t- he's, it reminded me of him thinking about Adam Curry. And right. he's like, and then he's like, hey, you know, well, some people what? say that that's, that's, uh, they're too smart for that or whatever. <laughs> it, Adam Curry t- has talked about how I think it was, you know, just with podcasting 2.0 and just stuff he was, he's like, he, he just started realizing like everyone around him were Christians, which is <laughs> like, maybe I should like these people I like and work with and what have you, uh, are Christian. Maybe I should actually consider this. So, yeah. but, and you can see, I mean, if you go back, uh, and we had this with people in our telegram group, like, Whoa, listen to the old, openers and how crass adam curry was it's like yeah i mean god has you could see changes in him all along the way i think you know his now wife was a a big impact on him in in a positive direction and and they both kind of became christians together basically so right yeah and you can go back five, six years, and while it's not nearly as uh, apparent, it is also apparent that Joe Rogan is softening up to the old gospel, too. Because mm-hmm. it used to be, no, 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 ayahuasca, and this and that and this, and now it's like, you know, I know a lot of people, <laughs> and now I live in Texas, and a lot of right. people I hang out with. Are... So, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's true, because it's... Well, I mean, he he probably sees people that have been down the road he thought was the right road, right? I mean, in his own experiences, like eventually you figure out there, you know, hallucinogenic drugs and stuff does not bring enlightenment. It's all it's all lies. And I think he's reached that point. Like I think he knows that at this point, he's not fully on board with anything else. But I think he's at least figured that part out. Yep. That's that's good. Yeah, I mean, how big of a deal would <laughs> Right. That's that'd be bigger than uh, a president of the United States just repenting and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, I mean, Joe Rogan bigger impact there. Yeah. So, wild and hey man, this isn't a coincidence. Oliver, Oliver Anthony, that's the, word, the number, name I was looking for earlier, but Adam Curry, Oliver Anthony, uh, there's one more, and then Hulk Hogan. Uh, you you don't think that the Lord is, is working through the Joe Rogan podcast? And if it's not on Joe Rogan directly, 
How about some of those millions of listeners? Yes. A bunch of people right. are going to crack a Bible and start looking through that situation. What's going on here? What are these guys talking about? Yep. Yeah, that's, that's awesome for sure. <laughs> I didn't clip it, but uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh huh. <laughs> Apparently, there's some Republican debate or something tonight. Tonight, okay. okay. Yeah, I definitely didn't watch it. Sure, but uh, you know, saw the one minute Twitter clip of him saying, "Like, why are you even hosting this debate? This should be like Joe Rogan. And <laughs> like, so many more people would would watch it. Like, no one believes you. Like, he just calls out the That's awesome. Lester Holt on." NBC there. That's awesome. You guys lied to us about the Russian collusion for three years. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. So in, well, let's see a couple story. I wanted, to, I didn't pull any clips. Uh, just saw it right before we started recording. Uh, but we talked about John Stockton on here, right? Yeah, you actually brought, I had no idea. And so you brought me and the listeners alongside you with your John Stockton stories of uh, Gonzaga fame. Yep. And, uh, and he's a, he's one of, one of us, the yeah. anti vaxxer there. But uh, a referee, uh, Ken, um, was fired by the NBA for refusing to take the vaccine. Okay. And he's suing him. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. So they, they fired him and, and froze his pension. They won't even let him have his pension. What? Yeah. So this is more that, uh, trying to make a, an example of people. Remember that they were right. doing that for a long time there. Now they've so, backed off quite a bit. So they, they talk about, uh, so it's it's him, John Stockton, and they're talking about Kyrie. Kyrie's not on there, but uh, Children's Health Defense clip will be in the show note. I haven't even watched it all yet, but uh, yeah, it's. I'm clicking yeah. on <laughs> clicking on your story here, and uh, Kenny Maurer, who is uh, suing the NBA, started a GoFundMe. Nope, nope. What did he start? Give sin go. Give sin go. He started a give sin go. I'm on the page right now. $5 from Anonymous. I saw your interview on Children's Health Defense. Thank you for standing up for all our rights and our voices. Wow. Very cool. Nice. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Since, you know, it'll be a little sh little shorter podcast for us tonight. So if we'll you're needing... We'll see. <laughs> Sorry, I brought like a 20-minute clip. I'm like, let's do a short show 20 minutes later. So some of my... You know, worlds colliding there. Uh, James Corbett was on the Fact Hunter. So oh, wow. People should check that out. So, he, you know, he was not on Flat Earth Files. It's the other podcast by the same guy. But he was on the Fact Hunter. So, talking about non-Flat Earth matters. Very good. People should check that out. And um, good news you know, I don't have to be the the curse that if I promote your podcast, you stop podcasting anymore because Subtle Kane is back. 
Oh, there we go. Subtle Cane Podcast is back. And he interviewed the gentleman whose name I still can't pronounce from Geopolitics and Empire. Okay. Uh, among other recent episodes. That was that was my favorite there. So, yeah, just some stuff people to, should check out. And in the Telegram chat, someone brought up, if you remember who it was. Albert Pike? Oh, sorry. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> Did you know they went they went through it on no agenda too? Oh yeah, it's yeah e- that thing is it. everywhere. Like talk about, and I think you pointed out this is a Patriots mythology thing from James Corbett. Right. But man, that that Pike thing made it everywhere. Yeah. And the and I'm and to the person in the Telegram group that brought it up most recently, it took me a second to kind of realize what was happening. I was like, oh, that's right, you just joined like a couple weeks ago. We went through this like a month or so ago as a group. Like so anyway. Well, and. I think that quote might even be in my book from 2008. Oh, that you said? <laughs> just during, during one iteration of the round of the the fake Albert Pike I should look know, it shenanigans. Up. I should look it, it up. It, it might be in there. I'm not going to say. I, I cast no stones, but yes, definitely <laughs> fake. Um, but anyway, for elsewhere. Those, for those that also, don't know or aren't in the telegroup. Telegram group. It's we don't think this is real. The, the Albert Pike, the three world wars. The term Nazi wasn't invented yet. There's several different reasons why that letter is probably fake. Go ahead. Yes. Yep. So the yeah, it was someone who came up with the amazing predictions of World War One and World War Two, and World War Three after World Wars One and Two. Right. With the rather predictable World War Three of like, hey, they're creating a state of Israel. I wonder right. if this will cause any problems. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. But uh anyway. So elsewhere in the telegram chat, uh discussion turned to the food pyramid. We got some some carnivores in there and some and some people who, you know, go on the other end of the spectrum as well. Sure. Uh but the food pyramid uh, being connected with the uh, Seventh-day Adventist church was new to you, and it was it I'm reminded sorry. me of an interview I heard only a few weeks ago and meant to get clips and never did. So I went back and clipped it. Uh, so this guy's name is Matthew Lysiak. I might be saying his name wrong. Uh, but he, he was on the Tom Woods show, and he wrote a book called Fiat Food. And it's a good title. Yeah. The, the general thesis that he worked from, basically he started out trying to debunk it because it sounded crazy to him. And then he ended up going further than, uh, and he talks about it in in this first one, but just the idea that uh, the government gives us lousy or promotes and encourages lousier and lousier food because they're trying to hide uh, inflation. And I don't think that's the reason at all. I think they're trying to kill us. But uh, but that's the, the basic thesis there. Um, so let's do the... He kind of intros the idea behind his book in the first clip there. I had enough respect. So when I got to this chapter, I had enough respect for Saifedean to, even though it sounded completely nutty, Saifedean posited this theory that our food supply had been altered through this 50-year gaslighting campaign of the government trying to make 
the food supply cheaper to mask the effects of inflation. And it sounded just completely insane, but I had enough respect for safety and economics to look further. And to my shock, when I started digging a little bit deeper, I realized that if anything, SAFE had understated this case. And in my book, Fiat Food, I lay out in excruciating detail the argument. And I think it's absolutely remarkable to the extent that industry, religious groups, and most importantly, the government have really conspired, not in a dark room, that smoky sort of conspiracy, but more in terms of out of mutual benefit to completely change our food supply. And you can look around and see the effects of this, as you mentioned. It's people are sick, people are unhealthy. Indeed. Yeah. And, and you know, I always like it when someone brings up the old Ansel Keys mm-hmm. and he talks about Ansel Keys in, in clip two. But when you look into the some of the personalities involved in this story, I mean, John Harvey Kellogg is a very, very strange person. You know, I mean, it, it is the story. It's almost unbelievable. The story. So, so let's dig into. Let's get into some specifics. Now, some people though will know about. Is it Ansel Keys in the nineteen first half of the twentieth century into the nineteen fifties? Correct. Yeah. So he is positing a theory about where heart problems are coming from, and he's proposing that it has to do in large part with the consumption of animal fat, and he is able to make a semi-plausible case for this because he can say. I can show you some countries where they have a lot of heart problems and they have that kind of food consumption. And I can find you the opposite kind of countries. And that goes to show there's something to my conclusion. But and and so as I was reading that, I actually thought, well, gee, I don't know how you get around that. That sounds pretty, pretty open and shut. But it's not open and shut, is it? No, not at all. Well, I would argue it's open and shut in the opposite direction. Yeah. Ansel Kings, as you mentioned, was one of these really interesting characters. He was very persuasive, very charismatic. He looked the part of a Hollywood doctor. And in the early 1950s, Eisenhower, to just kind of set the mood for your audience, Eisenhower had a heart attack. And the country was in a state of near panic. He was out for many days. And the idea of just people walking around and just being struck, falling with a heart problem was jarring. So there was a race to figure out what was causing these heart attacks. And now Eisenhower smoked four packs of cigarettes a day. But Ansel Keys had this theory that the diet that we had been eating for thousands of years in terms of animal fats was the culprit. And his colorful idea was that the saturated fat worked in your body and clogged up your arteries and then the high cholesterol led to the heart attacks. And he was able to push this theory, which at first was looked at as not as credible, but he was able to push this theory into what has become conventional wisdom. And if you look at the actual data behind these studies, so you mentioned the seven country study, I'm confident that if you pull that study and just if you looked at it and your audience looked at it, that a 12-year-old could see how flawed it was. Now, these were, not to get too into weeds, on science, but these were observational studies, which is the equivalent of handing out a flyer to somebody 
that asked them what they had been eating. And they're notoriously unreliable. And he also cherry-picked which countries he would use to bolster his argument. So the data was faulty. His conclusions were not, they weren't rigorous science. This was not the gold standard of science, which would be a double-blind study, clinical study. That's how we can really figure out what cause and effect is. Observational studies, you can really easily rig them with data. And we find, once I dove into the actual studies that have built up our current understanding of nutrition science, I was shocked to find that these were all really poorly run observational studies. You have the one from Ansel Keith, but then you have several that came out of Global Linda University, which is run by the Seventh Avid State Church, which we haven't gotten into, but they have an entirely different conflict of interest in terms of science. And it's not science, it's something else. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so that's, you know, a lot of stuff we knew already, but putting some interesting kind of connections together too that we hadn't covered before. So... I thought that was good. And, you know, it's a... Man, what a scam. Yeah. Although at this stage in the game, after basically doing the same exact thing that he did, but with vaccines, like, wait a second, all these studies are totally bogus, and a 12-year-old could tell they're totally bogus. You know, it's not a surprise to me when it's like, hey, do you know that our government is oh, shoot. basing nutrition advice on t- totally bogus studies? What? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I totally, you just, you reminded me of something I just set aside to bring to the show and I f- totally forgot, but uh, I'm going to find that. That is, I saw a very mainstream person, gosh, what's his name? As soon as I say his name, I'll find it anyway. But he was like, he's like ready to fund a vaccine study. Oh, like a an actual like an actual like vaccine study. with, with the control a group. Give me a second. Give me a second. I can't believe I forgot to bring this. Do 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 do. Uh, good old Bill Ackman said oh. that he's funding a scientific investigation into vaccinations and the accumulative effect of the full schedule on children because of what he's heard from RFK on vaccines. Bill Who's Ackman. Bill Ackman. Bill Ackman is a uh, he's a finance guy. Okay. And uh he was he said this all on like CNBC. I mean it was completely out of nowhere, but uh CEO of Perishing Square, co-trustee of Perishing Square Financial. He is uh very he's a business, he's a finance guy. So yeah. pe- people call him all the time to come on to talk about finance, CNBC, Fox business, all that sort of stuff. But uh yeah, fairly mainstream on the uh, business channels uh going to fund a vaccine thing cuz it doesn't seem like well, anybody's, anybody's yeah tim you misspoke he was fairly mainstream on the business <laughs> channels <laughs> he might not realize it yet but he will no longer be <laughs> uh maybe you're right man yeah maybe you're right so it's uh, this segment f- no longer featuring by- bill ackman brought to you by <laughs> pfizer <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Let's see if I can grab this uh, this clip. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, my apologies. Well, while you're working on that, let's uh, let's yeah. play clip three. Of course, I got to remember kind of what. Uh, yeah, sorry. What stuff is in what clip here? But this is seed oils. Uh, 
We we love talking about the seed oils. We do. If it's not parasites or seed oils, it's vaccines. Procter and Gamble had excess condensate oil, which was a waste product. Nobody really thought of condensate oil as something that people ate. It was waste. It was condensate, and they came up with this idea to have it as a new fat. And I kind of look at this part of history as a really remarkable feat in marketing because this was the first time that for for thousands of years, nobody had to tell humans what to eat. We intuitively knew, much like a cow knows or a lion knows, we, we weren't confused about what we should be eating. But Procter & Gamble began a marketing campaign in the early 1940s to push, or even earlier, to push cottonseed oil as a food into the food supply. And to do this, they brought in a lot of nutritionists who were under their payroll. They infiltrated some government groups to make it seem like it was more legitimate. And as a result, they went from, you could look at polls in a way people perceived seed oils as something that was a foreign substance not fit for human consumption, by the end of the 50s, it was widely held. And you could go look at advertisements from this period are really interesting. It'll be, they'll, they'll show a woman, a housewife, and she'll be like, well, I'm a modern housewife. I don't want my kitchen smelly with lard. That's disgusting. I'm using Crisco, which is what the modern woman uses. And it was a really magnificent campaign. And it ushered in for the first time Foreign, honestly, it's it's not food. It's something different. It's something that should not be consumed by people. These foreign objects into the food supply, and it turned out to only be, be the beginning. Only the beginning, indeed. Oh, but it's, we'll call it vegetable oil, so it sounds like it's made from vegetables. Or plant-based. It's a new version. Are you still there, Tim? Oh, I pulled the muted thing. My apologies. It's talking to the muted mic. John Harvey Kellogg. Should I go clip four? Sure. Kellogg was a doctor and he became very close to Ellen Gold. And she was the one who founded the Seventh Amethyst Church. So, just to give your readers, your audience, a little context. Here, the Seventh Avenue Church. Sorry. No fault. No, no problem. I'll go back so to the beginning. This he, is your clip. He calls I started her, it too soon. He calls her Ellen Gold. I usually see like Ellen G. White. Okay. But same person. Got it. John Harvey Kellogg was a doctor and he became very close to Ellen Gold. And she was the one who founded the Seventh Avenue State Church. So, just to give your readers, your audience, a little context, the Seventh Avenue State Church was invented and, and brought into existence by Ellen Gold, who, as a young girl, was hit very hard in the head by a rock, and she came up out of a, a small coma with this ability to have visions from visions from God. And God told her that we're on the precipice of complete apocalyptic destruction as a society. And the reason we are in this state is because we are eating too much meat, which is leading to carnal desires. And the carnal desires, in particular masturbation, 
is the source of not only all disease, but sin and the coming apocalypse is about to be brought on by all these people eating meat, which led to carnal desires. And John Harvey Kellogg came along and they became very close. And he was a doctor. And it's, it's hard to underestimate his influence at the time. He toured the country giving speeches. He wrote books, he had pamphlets, and he had a practice. So he was very influential. He was a, a celebrity doctor of the time. And he charismatically put on this view. And this guy had a, he'd wear a white suit. He'd have a bird on his shoulder. He'd launch into songs at the time. But his recommendations for young girls who came into his practice and had maybe were hyperactive or signs of depression, or even if they had a sore throat in one instance, he would recommend that and suggest that the cause of it all was that they had been masturbating secretly. So some of the things that he decided to do and prescribe were to pour carbolic acid on their clitorises or to cage them or to perform surgeries without anesthesia so that the subjects could remember the pain and associate it with sexual pleasure. So he was a pervert on levels that were the strain credibility. And he would later go on to, which is really in his wheelhouse and consistent with his worldview, he would go on to become a eugenicist responsible for taking away the ability for, I think, 3,200 women in Michigan to reproduce because they were just not fit socially in his eyes. So he was able to actually get laws passed in Michigan to accomplish that. And I would argue he's been more successful though than people realize because for 50 years, we've been eating cornflakes and his science was not off. The sex drive of Americans in particular has decreased. We've become less fertile. He's been astoundingly successful. His legacy persists every morning when some little boy wakes up and eats sexually repressive foods like cornflakes or corn-based food and skim milk, which is which has inhibited the male sex drive and the female sex drive and has arguably put our entire societal existence at a bit of risk in terms of fertility rates and contrib contributed to that. There's other factors. Oh, what a tangled web we weave. This goes into like 16 different things from here. I know. Oh my gosh. We get, like, we, we got eugenics. We oh got... my gosh. Now, I can't before... even collect collect my thoughts. I mean, the the carnivores are talking about uh uh sexual vitality. Like the carnivores right. are talking about like like erectile dysfunction curing by eating just meat. I mean, the the idea that the the whew, the sugar and the wheat is to keep you from having babies, yeah. Oh corn, man! It, it, oh. Now it's GMO corn. I mean, they holy moly! They amplified it, so you got the seed oils and the GMO corn and just all that garbage into I've, processed food. It's I've all, dabbled in enough carnivore at least forums and and talking about talking about it that you you run into the the sexual health situation. Hey, you know, I could before I had a issue with erectile dysfunction or some other part you know now i, I feel younger and i do I, I don't have that wild whoa whoa, yeah. whoa. and to, to be fair to the seventh day adventists they did kick kellogg out of the church so okay. I'll, I'll give them that so it's not like they were all in on the eugenics and all his other kind of crazy stuff 
So Kellogg but, uh, was just a, a, a student of uh, Sigmund Freud. Everything's related to masturbation. Well, he was, I mean, yeah, sicko. Yeah. At some, and I think there's some demonic stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, think about that, right? Like he, they misguide him, but like yeah. to this day, we got kids eating that every morning. I mean, yeah. it's well, and the and as uh, as he pointed out, and he points out a couple other examples elsewhere in the interview, the Loma Linda University, the Seventh Day Adventist College, does produce a lot of the supposed science mm. showing that eating meat's bad for you. Cause there's always stories about oh, eating, oh, yeah. eating meat's bad for you. Red meat, too much red meat, too much red meat. So it's, and it's all, it's all bogus. You know, that's how we ended up with pasteurized skim milk. Yeah. Or, or just, you know, Oh, that's not even far enough. Let's make it, uh, we'll call stuff that's like nut sap milk, you know, <laughs> yeah. Wa- water run through almonds and soy. And yeah, just, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely an agenda and it's, it is the eugenics ad- agenda. It's not an accident that the guy <laughs> that he was involved in it and a big fan of eugenics no. sterilization and, you know, whether it's sterilizing through the food supply or through actual sterilization, you know, sterilization surgeries, he was he was into both both versions there. So, so when you see breakfast cereal, that's what he also um, he called it something different, but basically invented granola. So. Interesting. It was like granule, and then there was some, something else that was called, I don't know, but yeah. And, it, and it's, some places just credit him with the Kellogg's cornflakes. I think technically the cornflakes were his brother's company, but it's, I think he was the, he was the one working on all that stuff. So yeah, it was the same, it, you know. Just be prepared for the fact check of like, no, it's not true. Totally unrelated to him. <laughs> but yeah, was... so I, I thought you would enjoy those clips. I, did. I hope other people did as well. I did. But... No, they're super good. Uh, do we want to hear a, f- a financial advisor, financial guru, Bill Ackman, come to the realization RFK is not nuts? Yes. So actually, I think Kennedy raises a lot of important questions that need to be asked and answered about vaccines. And, uh, and that's something that we are doing a deep dive on. Uh, just today, I was on the phone with a scientist, and we want to put together what I, what I think needs to be done is a very detailed deep dive into all of the research on vaccines, on vaccine safety, uh, and then you know, what we, among the things we have not done a lot of work on is the cumulative impact of, on a child, for example, of, you know, when I was a child, I got three shots. And I have a four-year-old. She's, the schedule is to get 73 shots. You know, it's, and it may not be the, you know, the, the, the virus, if you will, the, the, that it's designed to make you immune to a particular disease or the, or the, um, you know, dead virus or, or the mRNA technology. It may be 
you know, aluminum or some of the other preservatives I use in vaccines, which create, uh, create risks and, and challenges. And by the way, as a parent of a four-year-old, uh, where the four-year-old has no ability to consent to your injecting something into them, I feel a moral and other paternal obligation to get to the bottom of this issue. I think, Mike, I just spoke to a scientist today, top scientist at UCSF, who said to me, you know, Kennedy is right on 75 to 80 percent of the stuff he says about vaccines. The unfortunate thing is there's a 20 to 25 percent uh, where, unfortunately, there's just not enough data for the stuff he says is, says convincingly. And, and uh, so I, I think it's time for us, you know, this whole vaccine thing became a political issue where, um, you know, if you got a shot and, and wore a mask, you were on one party. If you refused to get a shot and didn't wear a mask, you were another political party. It's just not a political issue. And there is real reason. Look, we, we have a generation of kids uh, who have a lot more uh, asthma, have a lot more eczema, have a lot more um, autism. And we don't yet understand the reason for that. And is it some the adjuvant in the in the vaccine? Is it something about vaccines? Is it some other toxins in the environment? I think we have an obligation as parents to figure this out before you know the, before we could keep. Uh, is that is that where this newfound curiosity came from? From you becoming a parent? No, from actually listening to what Kennedy had to say, as opposed to look. The biggest, I would say, interesting. I'll give a lot of credit to. Elon uh, and Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, this, you know, I was talking to, again, a scientist today who's a brilliant, uh, you know, uh, epidemiologist um, and among other issues. And he was one of the scientists slash doctors that raised questions about our approach to uh, the COVID vaccine. And he was demoted on Twitter. Uh, and some of the papers he put up on a uh, one of the preprint sites were like taken down as misinformation and uh, you know, and uh, you look at this guy, Jay Bhattacharya at, at, at uh, Stanford, his recommendations for how we should have managed COVID turned out to be pretty much spot on accurate. But he was basically just, you know, taken off Twitter as misinformation. And, and now Twitter has become a place where people can express their views. And I, I'm a huge free speech advocate. And I, I try I use Twitter. Look, some of the most profitable investments, uh, or the, the most one of the most profitable investments I've ever made I, I made because of what I learned on Twitter, which was the, the COVID, the trade we made where we bought um, CDS. I, I, it was clear to me that it was a very high probability event that COVID would be here. We'd have to shut the global economy. And I learned that because I could take a dispassionate view and collect data without without it. Um, uh, at least that th- those topics were, were, were yet to be uh, uh, screened, if you will. And uh, you know, Elon's basically opened up Twitter now. And you know the downside to a very open format is there, there's going to be some hate speech. There's going to be some things that people don't like. The upside is free speech has been a critical, uh, you know, sort of tenant of our country's principles and, and helps preserve the democracy. Um, so I'm, I, I find that to be a really important vehicle. And on Kennedy, I read the headlines and ha- always had a perception he was a total wacko. And then I spent some time spending you know several hours listening to him in a podcast doing some more work on him as a person. I said, you know, he's raising some really important points on vaccines I hadn't thought about. And so I would say, uh, you know, a year ago, I would have automatically taken a booster. Now I'm going to think about risk and reward, and, and I don't think it makes sense for me. It may make sense for someone who has health issues, who's older. But you, vaccines have risk and reward, and you have to do the calculus as to whether the risk justifies the reward. And I, I really hadn't spent a lot of time thinking about it prior to Kennedy. I give him a lot of credit for that.
Narrator. All risk, no reward. <laughs> it's wild to sit back and watch just society like this continue to unfold and just see who's read in and who's not. Like yeah. who like just all of a sudden just like financial guru stands up. He's like, Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, wait a second. No one ever <laughs> And you can tell. I mean the dude I is was... not he is not a nut. He's brilliant. He is not a conspiracy theorist. I mean, you could tell the way he talks. Like it's just it's... Yeah, I th- I think he's I think they can get to him though. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. I don't I don't think he's prepared for what's coming his way. Yeah, no, I'm and and I think we I would be surprised if he actually funds research yeah. into vaccines. Hey, the SEC wants to look into some of your trades last year. Seems like your capital, you made a lot of good profit. Oh, yeah, about those safe and effective vaccines. I Ugh. think uh, I think I'm just going to leave that to the experts. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. We'll see. I mean, you know, I love the I love the Kennedy thing not, too. A hundred percent, I agree. I'm with you. I hope not as well. But I love the Kennedy thing. Everybody's like, "Oh yeah, he's a wag." Kennedy, a name only, complete nut job. And then like, <laughs> then I spent several hours listening to him on a podcast, and I was like, "Oh," and th- and it makes me wonder too. Is that the Joe Rogan podcast? Also, <laughs> a, you know, small, you know, point back to the Catholic faith in that podcast. So anyway, it just. It's uh, yeah, the it's interesting. Well, and <laughs> what the guy, the renowned epidemiologist or whatever he's citing, that's like Kennedy's right about you know seventy five right. or eighty percent of what he says, but he doesn't say he's wrong about the other twenty percent. He says he shouldn't like he go no as facts. far as he does. Yeah, and it's like well, or maybe maybe he's right about <laughs> yeah. all of it, and you haven't got that far yet. But yeah. uh, anyway. Yeah, I'll I'll be waiting for you at the every single vaccine is bogus and does n- nothing but harm and and when you get here I'll I'll be waiting for you and so I had that that's sa- where this road leads that's, uh-huh. that's where it goes it is a hundred percent where it goes and I had that saved mainly because obviously I know that's your thought but it reminded me of the doctor that you brought us who got mysteriously died who said it's the cumulative effect i can see right. many strokes on the faces of these yeah, kids the, yeah. uh every time they get the injection now ackman's talking about well what's the cumulative effect of all of these yeah. vaccines what do you say i got three i got four and now i have a four-year-old and it's like hey i owe it to him to figure out what's going on it's like yeah amen yeah. brother amen holy cow wake up it's time to figure out what's going on with your kid can't just, yeah, it's like you can't just walk in and this guy in a magic white coat's like, let's do this. And you're like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. 73 vaccines yeah. by the time you're 18. Sounds what, good. What could go wrong? He's two years old. Let's shoot him up. Let's go. It's yeah. time. Uh, you, your wife looks like she could be giving your child hepatitis. <laughs> <laughs> is that an insult? I feel like that's an insult. No, no, no. It's medicine. This is medicine. No, it's just it's just like we made this vaccine for uh, prostitutes, but it turns out they don't really like uh, prostitutes and drug addicts. But it turns out they don't pay very well for yeah. vaccines, and so then we figured, why don't we just give it to all the babies? Yeah, give it like, to the babies. Wait, did yeah, you just they, call my wife a prostitute? I mean, not 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 really, not really. But you know, yeah, just take it. It's, it's for you know safety. 
What if your baby bleeds out in the next 24 hours? Yeah, don't even Can't take clot. the oh, gosh. vitamin K shot. Ah, Andrew and I both. And I, re- I regret that 100%. Yeah. I got asked for the insert and afterwards, and then the number one effect is death. Side effects listed as death. It's not, it's not vitamin it's not K. It's not vitamin K. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. it's not vitamin K. Anyway, yeah, you can't have the Lord of strangely overlooked this weird piece where whatever vitamin K does, it helps your blood clot. And <laughs> yeah. so, so God, it's like, amazing that humanity survived yeah, for thousands of years. It's amazing that they did because what ended up happening is now once you're born, I don't know if you know this, Andrew, but if you were to, you know, give a baby a paper cut, they will die within the first 24 hours because they don't have enough vitamin K to clot the blood and then they'll just bleed out. So it's kind of a mistake on the Lord's part. He's like, my bad, but just go and fix everybody with this vitamin K shot. That is what they tell every single parent in this country. When you go in to get your, to uh, birth your baby, Hey, they can't clot yet. This is just to make sure that they can. And then what's in the vitamin K shot. Well, I'll tell you that I have, I, I think I probably still have it or I burned it. I burned it in effigy. Uh, the insert <laughs> says death. The insert says one of the side effects of the vitamin K shot is death. So I don't know. It doesn't seem like vitamin K. It's really the issue here, but yeah, moving right along. Yep. But then, you know, if they talk you into it and then your baby doesn't bleed to death, it's like, it's worked. <laughs> And you know yeah, what? Yeah, neither of my got, babies bled to death, so I guess we're good. They've got jaundice now, and we got to yeah. put them under the light for a couple of days, but that's got nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, they got jaundice. That's great. Let's stick them with this needle in their foot so we can test their blood. Make sure they don't have jaundice. Oh, they're jaundice. Uh, what is it? Uh, what's the word? Ja- not jaundice positive, but. Uh, pre they have pre jaundice. They have the blood test to show me pre jaundice. We might need to put them under the light. Uh, can you please read the White House uh, accidentally hands out plastic baggie story? I'm gonna need that right now. I can't <laughs> after after talking about poisons injected into babies. I need this. I need this. The listeners right. need this. Yeah, it's a well, and there's there's a more timely one too. But yeah, let me oh yeah, hey, if you you know dealer's choice here. <laughs> White House accidentally hands out plastic bags of cocaine to trick-or-treaters. Got a picture of Biden there, the pictures of baggies of flour or whatever, but yeah. Uh, parents are encouraged to check their child's Halloween candy haul every year to keep an eye out for razor blades and granola bars. Yeah, what a scam that was, wasn't it? I actually ran into a parent recently who was still checking the candy. Yeah. <laughs> And and you know who came up with that, right? No, please tell me. I want to. The, I want to learn more. How can they connect all these things together? It was the candy manufacturers, because oh that's why. Because he used to, you know, bake some cookies, hand them out to the kids. No, we can't have that. Oh, you're kidding! We can't tr- can't trust that. It's got to be packaged candy. Oh, good people only give out packaged candy because then everyone knows it's safe. So yeah. Razor blades. <laughs> Thought you were going to tell me it's related to Hulk Hogan somehow. Bring it all, <laughs> bring it all the way back. So, I, 
Dagnabbit, I grabbed the wrong basket again, said a frustrated Biden upon realizing he had already distributed his son Hunter's stash to the entire neighborhood. <laughs> ah, well, anyway, uh, prick or preak, kids, have fun. According to eyewitnesses, Dr. Jill Biden then sprang into action. Oh, no, Joe, crack is bad for kids, she said. I know that because I am a real doctor. <laughs> Should we get a perfect, one of the best epidemiologists in the world to do a study? Yeah, she's one of the top doctors. So yeah, yeah. Whoopi Goldberg said that. Yeah, or mm. no, it was uh, Joy Behar. Same, same. Doctor Jill should she should be Surgeon General. She's a top doctor. <laughs> oh my gosh, it can't be real. That lady gets paid millions of dollars. Uh, ba- Babylon B. Uh, today's. Republican Party checks into rehab for addiction to losing. (laughs) Once we got that first taste of losing, we just couldn't stop, said Ronald McDaniel, chairwoman of the Republican Party. Next thing you know, you have to lose even bigger just to match the thrill of that first crushing defeat. It's a vicious cycle. So this is, uh, yeah, you know, it's sad because it's true. They... The Republicans are the, you know, Washington generals to the Democrats, uh, Harlem Globetrotters there. Yeah. It's their job to always act like they're going to, you know, put up a fight and then then lose at the end. Have you seen the car sales meme? You can fit so much whatever in this trunk, but it was like... I saw one, it was it was for the donkey, and it's like, you could fit so much destroying of the country into this trunk. It, <laughs> and then it shows the Republic, same dude looking at the Republican. He's like, the same, but slower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the... Well, I did not follow it closely at all. This will be a shock, but... You know, people are pointing out... So, Kentucky, the... Uh, way more Republicans voted. Uh, the Republican candidates for other state offices won by about 20%, and yet the Democrat won the governor's race. It's just, yeah, it's not, not fishy at all. But the, the thing is, the elections aren't real. You know, speaking of memes, the lady on the plane announcing, I don't care what you say, that guy's not real. That's. I don't care what you say. The elections aren't real. And they have not been fixed. We're about to go into 2024. People obsessing over this and that. And the elections are not fixed. It's whatever whatever script. That doesn't mean, you know, necessarily that it might be be old Donald J. Trump's second second, uh, turn of of presidency in the script, but it, that does not mean the elections are fixed. Yeah. No, no. If, if they can, if they can stop the election count, the ballot counting in the middle of the night to figure out how many more votes they got to come up with and then do it right under everybody's noses. There's not a lot of hope. There's not yeah. a lot of hope, you know, and if, and that, and that is an example of them having already fixed it and not fixing it enough. And I think Hillary Clinton losing, is another example of them having already fixed it and not fixing it enough. Right. It was never an investigation. They talked about it for months. He stole it, Russian collusion, everything else. There was never an official investigation into that one. They didn't want to look any further into that. Right, yeah. Well, and 
Yeah, they figured out, oh, we can't just flip 10% from... Yeah, it's not 10. I think it was a 2 to 3. I think you gotta... They thought that <laughs> they, they'd take a bunch from him, a third from him, and give it to her. They just yeah. they under uh, they underestimated how much the American people hate that woman, is what happened. <laughs> yes. They absolutely yeah. did. And they and the American people do hate that woman. That woman. I don't know anybody. Like, I, I know like one person who liked her a while back. You, you know what I did see, though? What? No. I saw a no. Beto what? sticker on a car. Well, I mean, that's... Here? I mean, where were you? You you were in Kansas, was, right? I was driving towards Kansas, but I was still in Oklahoma. It was, I think, a Texas car. But, you Hold know, on a second. Hold fair, on a second. It, it was Beto and then it said something underneath, so it could have been derogatory. Or but. it could have been Beto. It could have been Beto himself. Could have been driving the car. Like, is he? He didn't get his license taken away for all the drunk driving. Did he get drunk? Isn't he in charge of transportation? (laughs) That's Buttigieg. Oh, thank you very much. (laughs) Sorry about that. My fault. But uh, anyway, same thing. There's a political segment for you, folks. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, Yeah. the elections. Still not real. That's that's what I'm going with. And uh, vaccines still, still lots of people dying suddenly. Some uh-huh. sadder, sadder than others. I mean, when a 14 year old who looks like he could run a marathon uh, dies while going jogging from a heart attack, that's that's not great. Uh, we also had uh, former Super Bowl champion. NFL player at the ripe old age of 41 die suddenly. Who was that? He was a lineman for the Colts when they won the Super Bowl. Wow. Uh, Ulrich, Ulrich, something. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that guy. And then, of course, the the Friends guy. Yeah, Matthew Perry. So That whole thing stinks. Would, and, and they did... Apparently, from drowning. Oh, really? Is How many times did they really say that? Apparently, drowning. They said it a lot of times, and knowing the whole time, no, not from drowning. Not from drowning. Could if I'll, I'll let everybody. Uh, did we talk about this already, or no? We didn't talk about this, did we? No, I think we would have talked about it last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he had an Instagram post a few years back that said, "Could I be any more vaccinated?" So yeah. he is. Yeah, he got it, he, he got all them boosters. Just waiting for the. Well, you don't even know he's vaccinated. <laughs> like, okay. All right. Sure. Well, he's on Instagram. He created a shirt that says, "Could I be any more vaccinated?" And here he is wearing it. Yeah. Is that good enough? I mean, did you watch it go in his arm? No, but I could watch somebody inject saline in their arm, which I think I've done unwillingly on television multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Related to what we talked about earlier, uh, this was posted in the Telegram group as well. I should like jot down people's names. There's no written. I don't have any notes, but uh, the inflammatory question: Red meat might not be so bad for you after all. What do you know? Yeah, no kidding. Have you done it yet? Every time we do a show and we talk about this, I think I'm going to go to Costco and I'm going to spend thirty dollars. On a package of steaks or whatever, and then I'm just gonna cook them all on the grill, and <coughs> cut them up, and put them in 
individual meal size packages and then just go straight carnivore for like three days. See what happens. I haven't done it yet. We gotta do it. I've got the I've got the steak in the freezer. Yeah. I'm yeah. I don't know if I. I just need to start. I don't know. Preparing it myself. <laughs> yeah. But because uh, real because well and to be fair because my my wife is she's an excellent cook right but she's like I'm not gonna grill steaks when you're gonna be in Kansas till. 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. My wife, also an awesome cook, but if there's fire involved, I will be cooking it. So, okay. Throw throw the steaks on the grill and then uh, cut them up. I don't know. I keep thinking every time we we do one of these shows and we talk about meat, I'm like, it wouldn't, because it really wouldn't be like, like steak is expensive, but like if you bought bulk, not like amazing top sirloin or whatever but just like a regular and you just had that for like it'd probably be cheaper in some ways and getting all this you know yeah i mean it well because side it, orders and it's kind of the ultimate keto thing so ideally then you're you're not as hungry all the time because you're not yeah yeah yep. no i think there's something to eating there's the animals that god gave us aspirations yeah and uh, although I would say, you know, if you want the stuff that God gave us, you don't want the cheap stuff. Yeah, fair enough. You don't think that you want? To, you think I should try and test the cheap stuff with a magnet first? See if uh, <laughs> you could check it. Check it that way. Yeah, that's uh, you know, yeah, lots of. We think we get a lot of vaccines. The cows have been ahead of us on that front for a long time but well and the chickens we haven't done show for two weeks you know what that means we got a few people to thank my friend All right. Revelations Radio. maddie b maddie b threatening to do a, an outro song so we'll see how that goes. maddie b star of no agenda end of show mix is he really yeah i missed it unless it's a different maddie b who's musically talented but i don't think so yeah he was one of the last last two i think okay i'll have to go check that out i'm excited uh, well as you may have noticed revelations radio news does not have ads just like joe rogan does have ads that's so annoying too because like somebody from spotify goes back and was like like waited till you know Till Joe asked some really important question, Hulk Hogan starts off this interesting answer. And it's like, have you tried Athletic Greens? Athletic Greens is the best way for you to get your vegetables. It's just all you could do is put the powder in the thing and then drink it. I do Athletic Greens all the time. I use it. It's one of my state. Blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, come on. I don't care about your vegetable powder. <laughs> get back to Hulk Hogan talking about wrestling in the 80s. Anyway, we don't do that. We, uh, we don't. We do not do that. We interrupt and sabotage our own podcast. Exactly. Without ads. Without ads. This is literally. Literally, I'm about to interrupt Andrew as he begins reading. Yeah, that's how we and, do it here. But and if you've been listening long enough, you and by long enough, I mean the last two episodes. You can guess first on the list. 
Danny from Medford, Oregon with $25. Thank you very much, Danny. 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 And you got to think, if we'd done a show last week, yeah, there would be another $25, but there's not because Danny is extremely generous, but he, he did learn his lesson. This is not a subscription. It's not a weekly subscription. This is a manual, like, okay, I see another show. Here's another donation <laughs> thing. So. The, the quote, I've once waited five years for an better episode. <laughs> it's going to live on in infinity, isn't it? Yeah. So next on the list, also a Give, Send, Go donation from Dorothy of $20 from Parts Unknown. Thank you very much, Dorothy. I don't recognize the name. She, she first time. I didn't recognize the name either. I hate to say if that she is, if she's not. But uh, if if I was to just gut guess right now, I don't. I don't think she's donated. Well, thank you very much, Dorothy. And uh, next on the list, we've got Risky Robert. I don't think that's a first and last name. I think we're safe saying Risky yeah, Robert. I think so. Of uh, sent us seven dollars via Give Send Go from Kansas City, Missouri. It's I get you know. I don't think that need to drive a little further and go to Kansas City. I I don't I don't think that guy's name is actually Risky Robert. I think I know exactly who that is. (laughs) And next on the list, Robin uh, from Parts Unknown sent us thirteen dollars. Thank you very much, Robin. That was also via Give Send Go. Next on the list, the Garden City Ranchers. Great to hear from them. Garden yeah. City, Missouri. Also God's country up there. Uh, yes, by the way, $50. I didn't even I like fully realize my faux pas when I called it Garden City, Kansas. It That is a, a actual city. Okay. Yeah. So that's not, why the, yeah. not as nice. Not as nice. No. Definitely not as nice. That's what we'll say. That's what we'll say. I have stayed the night in Garden City, Kansas. Not as nice. Yeah, not, not as nice. Uh, it's, it can get yeah. It can get, uh, it can get tough out there. It's just like just just flat, just cows, and you know, just, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, there's, anyway. What if you're not from this part of the world? Uh-huh. There's what you might think of as Oklahoma is actually part of Kansas. Yeah, mostly and not Kansas. even not even all of Kansas, but yeah. I, I have these two lovely people in our life group, and they both are born and raised in Kansas, not near, not far from Garden City, actually. And uh, I complained about you know moving from Seattle to Oklahoma and how it's ugly, and they're like. This is amazing. There's trees and rivers and lakes. Yeah, they find Oklahoma to be to be beautiful. So Can- Kansas and you know Oklahoma, you still get it too, obviously. But uh, very nice sunsets in in Kansas. Yeah, there so you go. There's, and it, I did see a you know a T-shirt that said, "Anyone." Loves mountains and trees, but it takes someone with a soul to love the plains. So, oh, you, I like this. If you love love Kansas, then uh, you know more power to you. I I can't say I love Kansas, but 
you know, there's there's appeals, especially driving up during sunrise or driving home during sunset, what have you. It's it's not so bad. It's so funny. We're like on our high horse. We live in Kansas light. I mean, it's pretty much the same. Uh, that'd be Nebraska, maybe. But anyway, uh, <laughs> one thing about Kansas is probably similar as it to here, and that is the people are awesome. People are kind to each other. They speak kindly to each other. Good Christian values. And getting manipulated by Travis Kelsey because they love their Chiefs. They do love the Chiefs. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's everywhere. Well, how annoying is that whole thing? <laughs> so, all right. Next up, another familiar name Kyle from Kent, Washington sent us a very generous donation of $270. Holy cow. And he sent a note as well. Let me see. He says, Make donating to RRN great again. Well, you you did that, Kyle. Thank you very much. Next up, we've got an anonymous donation of $5 from Parts Unknown. That's very anonymous. We got anonymous from Parts Unknown. I have no idea who you are. Or Thank Reno, you for the $5. Or Reno, Nevada. And uh, n- next up, a familiar... Bill from Sandpoint, Idaho, sent us $100. Thank you very much. Oh, wait. Actually, there was a note from Anonymous. It said, thanks for this great community. So possibly a um, Telegram group member, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. It, it's, it's always weird, too, because you make up your name on Telegram. So. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a guy named Bill in the Telegram who is not. Actually, his actual name is not Bill. He's somebody else. Okay. And, uh, but the, this person's name is Bill. Oh, yeah. Unless, absolutely. Unless he's been playing a long con because a very long con. I think (laughs) Bill might be our longest tenured donate donator. So he, he sent us a hundred dollars. We give send go from Sandpoint, Idaho and says, these are crazy times. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you very much, Bill. We uh, looks like he's did he is that the date he sent it? So he sent it only a couple days ago. So he noticed we didn't get a show out and said, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna poke these guys, get a show out there." I appreciate it. Yes, appreciate you, that. And uh, we've got some some PayPal donations. Uh, Robert sent us. Five dollars, not risky, Robert. This is Robert uh, from Parts Unknown sends five dollars, and Autumn sends five dollars. I believe this is a monthly donation. Thank you very much, Autumn from Snoqualmie, Washington, and uh, Kyle. Yeah, speaking <laughs> speaking of natural beauty, it's uh, yeah, it's up there, Snoqualmie. Um. Kyle from Newton, Massachusetts, sent us $10. Thank you very much, Kyle. And Penny uh, from Mesa, Arizona, sent us $20. Some very f- familiar folks there. Um, I got appreciate your, your faithfulness. Two more contribution that I forgot. For sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we got two more that I forgot to add because it came in the P.O. box, but we have Luke. From Nevada, Iowa, sent $5 in, one of his recurring donations. Thank you very much, Luke. And uh, also, um, Chrissy 
sent in $80 to the P.O. Box from Manchester, New Hampshire. Well, thank you very much to both of you. Yeah. So, long list today because we actually had two weeks, which is very nice. But uh, if you want to uh, donate again, we're always looking for more people who can help the show go along. A lot of the same names. A lot of the same people carrying all the weight around here. So... Yeah, and it, a couple new ones. It's always it is always nice to see a new name for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's it's never a, it's good to see old names and new names. But it is because you know if there's new people contributing, maybe there's also new people listening to the podcast. So, yeah, which that's is true. Kind of a minor miracle since we don't exactly you know promote it or go on other podcasts or do any bring other people on marketing our at all podcasts yeah yeah so yeah. maybe we, maybe we should i, can, I have this this uh, company keeps emailing me wants to know if they can make us a free youtube short maybe i should just say yes yes and then just wait till they ask me for my credit card or, or a video shows up <laughs> see which one see which one comes first but yeah we don't do we don't do so. Hey, that's one way you could produce the show. Is you could pray for Andrew to sell more water filters, pray for me to also make some money, pray for the show, uh, share the show with a friend. I always thought it was a cool idea that that. Uh, shoot, I've completely completely spaced her name. Uh, she was on the propaganda report. What was her name? Oh yeah, yep. What is her name? But uh, anyway, she. I always thought it was creative. They had to share the show Tuesday or whatever. And then they tried to, hey, share the show with somebody you know on Tuesday. But this could be a share the show any day of the week. So if anybody out there thinks that your friend might benefit from uh, listening to two people from Oklahoma ramble about the weather, uh, send, it, send them all over. We're, we're here. Monica Perez. Monica Perez, you found it first. Come on, Brave Search. No, what kind bro. of result is that? That was, you know what that was? My brain. That was a brain search. Nice, good work. I didn't even didn't even search it. So, yeah, and you know, to be fair, I listen to a couple of podcasts now that have ads, so I need to give Propaganda Report another another shot. <laughs> yeah, probably true. I recommend that PBD podcast. Some of them good, some of them not, but uh, it's always always interesting, always entertaining. Is it always interviews? It's always interviews. Right? No, they they have a show that they call it the Home Team, and they just go over news stories together. So, no, oh, okay. not always an interview, but <laughs> it's funny. They got they have kind of all walks of life there. Patrick being the most, uh, I always mess this word up. What is it? Erudite of the, of the three, but, uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There's definitely been some good stuff and he's definitely, it's definitely a successful. Oh yeah. Podcast. No, he's it's huge. It's huge. And that, that's what also what makes it interesting is you'll get, you know, at like you know, Tom, there was a dude. There was a, the Tom Brady interview he did like a month or two ago. It's an amazing interview. Like it, it actually made me kind of like Tom Brady. He talks about his <laughs> like he talks about his life and what he went through and how he got to where he he was. I mean, the guy didn't start 
like independently for a football team until he takes over for Drew Bledsoe. I mean, it's crazy. You know, he was he was <laughs> yeah, sharing. I remember he, he was sharing like a, the load in Michigan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And just to hear how he went through that and what kind of how it built him up. I mean. It's an amazing interview. So I do. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason he was still available at whatever, yeah. whatever pick number. Six round pick. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like Bill Belichick's just proved to be such an amazing genius at player selection since then. So. I do love the idea that he left and then Bill started not winning, stopped winning, I guess. Yeah. All right, brother. What else we got? Anything else? Can you give us some words of wisdom, brother? Brother Andrew? Um, well, you know, what did we... I feel like we got a little bit of everything into... So We learned that all things are somehow connected and not in the Eckhart Tolle way. <laughs> yes, not in the Eckhart Tolle way. Uh, in the... Government and large corporations are trying to sterilize and poison you. Yes. And it, there there may be spiritual entities behind the things that you see with your eyes. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, uh, maybe those people thousands of years ago weren't backwards and full of it. Maybe that's actually the way people are supposed to live. So, yeah. You know, you I can, still don't. Just if a mir- you, miracle they didn't all bleed to death. If were people eating this two thousand years ago, yes, well, it's probably okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Were people eating this two hundred years ago? No, probably not a good idea. Sure, sure. That's tough, man. That's tough, but you know. It is what it is. That's where we are. So, uh, some spirited debate on eating uh, food and, and health and worrying about health in the, in the telegram. It's, hey, you got to keep trying. Hey, don't go too new age. Hey, can't be carnivore. Hey, don't make it the main thing. And then in the end, it's like, well, you know, you can't keep it all out. You're going to lock yourself in a bunker. And it's like, you can't do that either. You got to. You got to figure it out. These are decisions we all have to make. So you just got to do the best you can with what the Lord has given you. Yeah. And uh, I would encourage, because there will be no uh, moderation in the Telegram group. Like we're, you know, (laughs) but I did notice a few people left. So did did they just be respectful of each other? And if you you might ask yourself, have I posted more than everyone else combined today? Maybe just take a little break. Okay. I didn't know people left, man. I guess you're more on top of it than I am. I I have I didn't moderate it, but I did tell someone to stop like twice. So Yeah. It's that person well, might be gone actually. So this is this is not what uh you know t- Tim and I I've never heard Tim express the desire to, I really want to moderate a social media platform group. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. If- People with false sense of power really are into that sort of thing. I just said, hey, quit posting stuff that are just says, you know, that are making fun of juice or something like that. And 
Maybe he left altogether. I don't know. But could whatever. be. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. We don't. I, it's interesting to read through there, and I'll, I'll comment here and there. But you know, everybody, everybody's kind of just doing their own thing. I mean, some, it's it's crazy to unwrap it. It's like, oh, forty new messages. What do I got here? What's going to happen? So, and Andrew and I are busy. We got little kids. We got commission-based sales, and we got wives and families, and yeah, there will be no moderation. I mean, if somebody comes in there and goes crazy, I'll just, I guess I could just remove them, but then I have to make the invite link not public or whatever. I don't know. Just keep it, it's just a place for us to hang out, guys, and uh, keep it keep it civil. Yeah. I think, overall, that, I think overall it has been really civil and nice. Yes. And and I would um, I would be more interested in more like you know, finding out a little bit about the actual people. Yeah, man. I, so it's kind of what I wanted to, but I guess that, that starts with us. We got to like lead that by doing that. So, so, well, Tim, I mean, I've posted a picture of Kim Cheryl free and OKC the other day. I mean, this is content gold. It is. No, I, no, one, no one even noticed the, the flock of doves in the air up there, but that's probably because of my, Lack of photography skill, but yeah. <laughs> but yes, very blue sky, and uh, this is the second in a series after uh, you know chemtrails in Kansas. So yeah, yeah, chemtrails in Kansas. And there's chemtrail a, there's a theme. If you want a chemtrail report, the Telegram group is the the place for it. All right, guys. Um, I don't have a verse of the day, but we had Hulk Hogan read John three sixteen, so we're just gonna keep it there. I <laughs> uh, never thought I'd say those words, but I'm happy to be here. This is a cool reality to be in. Hulk Hogan doing John sixteen three sixteen on uh, in front of millions of people. Sometimes the sometimes the way the Lord works amazes me. So hopefully, yep. every everything you uh, you guys do this week is successful, and uh, hopefully, the Lord looks after you. And uh, his will be done in your lives. And if you're going up or down I-35 and you see a black Honda Accord with the paint peeling off the front, feel free to wave. (laughs) He'll be listening to six podcasts and eating steak on steak with a plastic (laughs) fork. If you see Several with a, a piece of steak hanging out their mouth while they're driving. Yeah, that's that's me. Headphones in. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks, guys, for listening. Yes, thank you, everybody, for listening and for all the nice uh, contributions as well. Thank you very much. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say-